Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage, huh?
give me a stamp number, give me a lot of shit to do, make me price my medicine so you cannot afford it if you're a patient that is living on a fixed income or maybe just not making a little more than they need. That's the world we're walking into, and unfortunately for a lot of folks, it's not helping. It is helping some folks. We're going to talk about that today. My name is Joe Grumbine, and I welcome you all to A Cup of Joe. This is a show put on by the Human Solution International, a civil rights group dedicated to the notion that no one should go to jail for a plant ever, and especially not the cannabis plant. Of all of them, Um, we're also brought to you by the Coffee Party and the Coffee Party Radio Network. I want to welcome you, and I want to let you know we've been uh, growing. This audience has been growing quite a bit, and because of that, we're having some pretty full shows. We've got a lot of shows lined up, and um, a lot of guests coming on each show. So what I'm trying to do now is grow with that, and what that means is if we have a featured guest, usually we'll have one or two featured guests, and then we'll have a bunch of folks that will be coming on to give updates. And if you look at the tease for the show that we've posted, um, in the title will typically be uh, the guests that will be on the show. Uh, Then I usually have a bunch of guests scheduled to call in and give an update. So what we're doing is if you're a featured guest, you'll get probably – at least 15 minutes to a half an hour segment, and if you're riveting or have a lot of information to share with us, we can go longer. Uh, If you're given an update or you're a surprise call-in, we'll always make room for you, but we're going to try to just keep the content limited and always be willing to schedule you up front to the future. So I think that's good news. I also want to welcome everybody that's been joining us on the Facebook live stream feed. Um, Our membership or our audience has been growing, and consequently our membership's been growing. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. Um, We're a civil rights nonprofit organization, 501c3, and I really want to get into, you know, we're talking about membership and doing a membership drive. I want to explain to you folks why this is important. Next week we're going to have a guest on uh, to talk about plea deals and uh, the value of the human solution. But I want you to understand that, you know, we're a not-funded organization. We're an all-volunteer leadership. Nobody's ever made a salary or a stipend or anything like that. We've all donated our time and our efforts. And... We've been able to do something that I don't know. I mean, a handful of groups have done it sometimes, and there's a couple of groups that do it pretty well. But consistently, time after time after time, we've been able to bring people together to show support in a time that is hopeless for most people. And people will come to us and they'll say, I just got busted. I don't know what to do. And somebody, whether it's me or one of the other team members, they'll call them up, they'll stop their life, they'll put everything else on hold, they'll make them the most important thing in the world. And we'll talk to you and we'll walk you through it and we'll explain to you that we've been through this. And though it seems like, you know, the world's crashing in on you and, 
you know, most people run away from you when it all happens. We'll stand with you. We're the first responders. You know, the little red cross on our ribbon I've always equated as the first responder. We'll run into that fire with you if you're willing and able. Truth is, most people are not willing and many people are not able. So most people let go and go on and try to figure it out themselves. But to those courageous few, to those people who have had what it took to stand tall and realize that what they did, whatever it was, was not a crime, was not deserving of the treatment they received, and was certainly not deserving of changing your life and turning you into a criminal element for the rest of it, that to have somebody willing to stand up and work with you and share their experiences and teach you how to beat this. Now, I'm speaking from the first-person experience here, and I've been sharing the journey to my trial that happened a few years back through videos. And while it was happening, I realized how historical it was. I realized that there was going to be a time when we looked back and said, wow, you know, nobody does that anymore. Nobody has to do that anymore. But we're not there yet. But we're at a place where very few people are doing it. And as I'm walking through this, um, I'm revisiting these videos. I haven't looked at them in years. And I'm I'm experiencing that experience once again and the, the fear and the uh, the angst and the uh, all of the emotions and the stress and the trials and, and everything that it was. And yet, um, you know, we did this. We demonstrated how to get a victory in an unwinnable war. And multiple times since the human solution has been established, we have done this. And anybody pretty much who stood up and been willing to fight has won, one way or another. And the more they were willing to get out there and be part of it, the better they won. We've had people who have called me up at the literally the last second, or they've already picked a jury, or, oh, no, there's nobody here. What do I do? Can you help? Can you bring somebody? And at the last second, we scrambled and mobilized and got some people there. Even then, we had a victory. But every single time across the country and in other countries, when we mobilized ahead of time and we came at it with a plan and we had focus and we used all the tools we had, which we have more now than we even had back then, we were successful. Now, most of the people that we've helped have gone on. Most of the time they don't even kiss you goodbye. They just never see you again. I'm not here to disparage anybody, but this is a bold cup of joe, and it is steeped in the truth, and only the truth. So if there's a truth that is exciting and inspiring, I can't wait to bring that one up. But if there's a truth that's pointed and maybe a little bitter, I'm going to bring that one up too, because I think it's important. It's important that we are honest, that we're honest with everything here. So the honesty part of this is that the human solution brings something that very few people are very even fewer organizations are willing to do. We'll stand up with you when you're willing to stand up. We're a family. When we all come together, there's been so many times we've we've huddled together before a before a show or before a uh, before a show before a trial a case. Um, you know, people that are inclined to have prayed together. People that have um, you know, there's been weeping. There's been you know, tears of joy and tears of fear. All of these things, we are a family. 
and to be a part of this family, I believe, is inherently important. And to be specific about that by officially becoming a member, I just think that there's a value to that. And when a, a, a card-carrying member comes to us and says, I got some trouble, what can I do? It's, it's different the way that the, the family will rally around one of their own. And it's not that we don't rally around anybody who comes to us, but there's just something special about it when they're one of your own that they've that they've helped before they needed you. And I'll go move past this pretty quickly, but I think it's important over the years. While I was going through my case and while I've helped other people go through their cases, I have reached out to businesses, dispensaries, producers of cannabis products, growers, you name it. I have brought my little green ribbon to your shop and I've said, do you want to help? And you know what, most of the time, and I, overwhelmingly most of the time, I get, well, we're okay. We've got our lawyers. We're okay. We're licensed. We're this, we're that. We've got it. Like, we don't need you, so we're not going to help. I struggle with that. I struggle with that. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about legalization and ending prohibition. What is that all about? All right, so if you want to call into this show today, um, it's pretty simple. You just pick up your phone and dial area code 646-929, God, my eyes have gotten bad, 2495. And you just pick up, and our amazing screener, Noncompliant Mary, will pick up the phone and talk to you. And she'll ask you a few questions, and you can tell her if you just want to listen in or if you've got a question, a comment, or you want to be a uh, guest speaker for a minute or two. Um, all of those things can happen. Okay, so let's move forward. Let's see who we got on the line right now. Well, let's see. Before we do that, I do want to actually bring up the next few weeks. So today, hopefully, we've got Jennifer Ani, attorney, uh, Michael Minardi, attorney, and a whole bunch of other guests. Uh, next week, we've got Ashley Weber, who's been a guest on the show briefly before. Uh, she's an advocate out of Colorado. And uh, Albert Thomas from Hawaii, who uh, had a case that we supported uh, about a year ago. On the 11th of October, Robert Platshorn, the black tuna man, is going to be joining us on a cup of joe. Um, the 18th, the week after that, Vivian McPeak from the Seattle Hemp Fest will be joining us. Next week after that, Tammy Brazil, she's got a shop up in Northern California. Um, the 1st of November, we have Candace Hawes from Orange County Normal. She's one of the few other organizations that I can speak really highly of that have uh, stepped up and helped in many ways. And she's Candace and Orange County Normal have always been sort of a sister organization to us and have always helped and have always been uh, very generous with their resources and their manpower. And finally, on uh, the 6th of December, Marilyn Green, who's been a guest on the show before, She's an ex-POW, uh, she's a midwife, and an amazing individual. So she is going to be joining us the first part of December. All right, let's go back to our thing and let's see where we're at. I should have had two screens up. Okay, we've got Lisa Sublet, we've got Ellie, and we don't have any of our main guests yet. So let's jump into it. Uh, let's bring Ellie B. on. She's got a, um, a case that she's supporting. 
Uh, Ellie's kind of an interesting individual. I met her a couple of years back. She had a case going on up in Northern California, and uh, I kind of lost touch, but we reconnected when I came up there about a year and a half ago when we did our press conference. And um, she had gotten through that first case and was kind of rebuilding. But now there's another case in the neighborhood, and I told her that I'd give her a voice. Now, this is something that's really important, folks. The Human Solution is here to support. Uh, we primarily stand up for cannabis cases, but we're a civil rights group. And if you have a case where, you know, somebody's civil rights are being affected, and it's not a cannabis case, it's, again, it's not our primary focus, but we'll give you a voice. Um, this is, if you look at prohibition and you look at what it does, where it comes from, the the core of it, it's it's dark and and based in fear and racism and, and greed and all kinds of dark and nasty things. And the other side of that, of course, is liberty and uh, freedom and free will and, and our inalienable rights and, and, and so many good things. So we definitely, um, you know, want to highlight anybody whose civil rights and civil liberties have been violated. Um, and, of course, we're an all-volunteer organization, so we do what we can to bring support to grassroots. Um, we'll give you a voice. We'll give you a platform. We'll give you a place to do this, and as in, involved as you're willing to be, we can amplify this. I say we're an amplifier, not a power supply. So without further ado, Ellie, welcome to the show. Hey there, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I hope I introduced you correctly. I, I have about yeah, four working brain cells, and they're mostly on strike, so I uh, <laughs> I do the best I can. I'm I was impressed with your memory, and you know, I I guess you know just um, to respond to you about prohibition, I I'll start out with that. Um, I'm coming to um, tell your your listeners about a case in Lassen County, California, um, involving my disabled 12 year old son, um, and I want to say that he, first off that he's a me medical marijuana patient who is being detained in juvenile hall um quite possibly illegally um he he wasn't served uh personally with a complaint against him and and then um because and and then because he didn't show up to court he uh, an arrest warrant was put out for him and uh he was arrested on September 22nd and is currently being detained in um in juvenile hall in in Susanville, California, and um, he can't get his medicine. They're they're giving him a psycho evaluation and might forcibly medicate him, and um, it's really kind of scary. Um, the worst part of it is is his um, during the proceedings that they had without us present because we weren't served. He was assigned a public defender who who didn't do anything to try to quash the warrant that she knew was was coming out or to rescind the warrant that she knew knew they were um issuing i mean she didn't contact us to tell us or anything, even though our contact information was directly in the c complaint so um so i what i'm i am 
in dire straits. Um, my son is not being represented fairly. Um, he's he he is. I'm. This is really hard for me. I'm sorry. I'm about to break out in tears again. He's. Um, uh, we're here, Valley, and that's he's, you know. This is one of the things being, that we have to offer, you know. He he had a detention you know hearing on yeah, Monday. I'm trying. He had a, he had a detention he had a detention hearing on Monday, and and they're detaining him. And this this public defender woman, Ray Giovanni, is I'm going to need you to hang on the line. I've got Craig Cecil calling from federal prison, and he oh, only okay, has yes. this opportunity to call. Just hang on the yes, line. Um, I'm going to keep you on uh-huh. with, with Craig, but um, 15 yep. minutes and we'll be able to get back Woo-hoo. to you. Hang tight. Craig, yep. how are you doing? Uh-huh. Welcome to the show. Hi, welcome, Joe. Uh, the prison was lively today. We spent most of the day locked down, but uh, as you can hear, I'm not on lockdown any longer, so we, we dodged a bullet, I suppose. <laughs> well, you checked in a little bit early today, so I was wondering uh, if everything was all right. So uh, what happened today? I'm not sure. We haven't even quite figured it out. Sometimes it happens where this is a a three-prison complex made of uh, the penitentiary, um, which is the high-custody institution, this one, which is the medium, and then there's a a camp, which is the minimum custody. And I think something might have happened across the street, like they had a gang fight or a killing. And they pull a bunch of officers from here and just lock all the prisoners here in their cells. And that may be what happened to us. <laughs> so you basically have, there's there's three different facilities that are tied together. And if anything happens at one of them, they all get sort of brought into it the same. Yes, yes. Well, that, Tomorrow, 
um, for Atlanta, Georgia, has got a decriminalization bill going on. And slowly but surely, this coalition is starting to grow. We've got more and more people willing to kind of stand together and uh, maybe put their egos aside and, and maybe lock arms. That's been kind of my battle cry the last few weeks and months. And um, it, it seems like one by one I'm starting to get some leadership from other organizations willing to say, yeah, you know, maybe we should stand together. Maybe we should. You know, who's going to argue with ending prohibition? Who's going to say, I'd rather have less than everything over everything, you know? And uh, it seems like we're starting to gain on it a little bit. And it seems like uh, it's becoming more widely accepted that uh, marijuana is, you know, plausible for uh, PTSD for the children with the uh, seizure disorders and that. It seems to be more and more mainstream that, you know, this is a viable medicine. Well, it's true. And what's happening is more and more um, the, the science is getting out there. More and more people that are um, connected in some way to law enforcement or an elected official have a need for it. And more and more we're starting to... Uh, uh, get the acceptance of some higher ups in the in the community. Um, one of our one of our people is going to be making an announcement today, and a pretty famous uh, uh, celebrity is endorsing us or endorsing the movement. And um, I, hopefully, it'll become sort of a you know a uh, a domino effect, and we'll start to get make it easier and easier for. For people that have standing and reputations and and something to lose uh, to to get up and stand behind us, but at the same time, we have a one of our members um, has a 12-year-old son that's been locked up and they got the son got taken away without a viable warrant and um, they're being represented by a public defender that's not doing their job and this kid. It's got issues. He's got some, some, um, you know, some behavioral issues or whatever. But it, this kid's a medical marijuana patient, and this kid has helped and kept in control with this medicine. And now he's locked up, and they're looking at force feeding him some psychotropics that could just completely devastate him, throw his chemistry out, and everything's at stake. And this this woman is, um, you know, she's reaching out to us. Um, you, with nowhere to go, she's 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 reaching out, you know, frantically, and you know, what do you do? The prohibition affects the impoverished, the impoverished people, and the people that have lots of money, they don't care. They, you know, they can either buy their way through the law, or they can get the license, so they can spend the, you know, hundred dollars an eighth for uh, dispensary weed. They don't care about any of that. But the person who doesn't have is always going to be the one that's most at stake, most in jeopardy, and most likely to lose because of prohibition, no matter what legalization takes place. And here I'm, I'm kind of ashamed at our press again, because here over the last week it seems the number one subject on the news is what the football players do, <laughs> do during the national anthem. But yeah, even if, if one 
side or the other prevails on the national anthem issue, who is helped? Nobody. Nobody should care about this. Oh, God, I want to hit myself in the head with a hammer. I, 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 I don't want to watch pro football anymore. This has all gotten so stupid. I don't even want to see it. You know, I just saw a stat that came out in the Washington Post, and I, I would have it sitting in front of me if I was a little better prepared, but I, as always, I'm ill-prepared and, and just spouting off the tip of my mouth. But it showed us a statistic of the rate of marijuana arrests, and they're going up, and it's what I've been saying all along. You know, with all the legalization, 30 states plus, recreational, medical, all of this, and the amount of marijuana arrests is continuing to increase. What is wrong with us? And nobody talks about it. Nobody's talking about it. And here's another unintended consequence is just in the last week read coverage in the Wall Street Journal and a couple of other uh, news agencies and that so many of these uh, marijuana grow operations and even reaching in the recreational states are really having money troubles because there's just so much regulation and so many rules and so many requirements put on them. <laughs> I mean, the, the, their products are so expensive to make. It's hard for them to make a product, and you know, to make any profit marketing it. Well, you know, it's I mean, interesting. It's, 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 I um, it won't stop the illegal market, though. Yeah, I was in Canada, and I and I toured one of these licensed facilities over the weekend, and they had spent millions of dollars building this facility. And I was frankly not even impressed, but they have, you know, a lot of knowledge is available to people today. And, you know, it used to be in the old days when I was growing in 1982, there wasn't any information. There was a couple of books, and the people that knew how to grow well kind of guarded their secrets. But you do it long enough, and you learn it yourself, right? But now you go to YouTube, and it's just everything's everywhere. Everybody's a good grower now. Everybody's an expert. But you know what? The only thing that they seemed to be really concerned with was consistency. I looked at, at all of their, their, their whole operation, and it was all geared towards consistency, which is important, especially if you're making products. But I thought to myself, where's the, the, where is the, um, the concern for excellence? Why aren't we trying to make it better? And, and I didn't hear anything in this guy's presentation that said, we are doing the best that can be done. It was all about we're consistent. And I didn't see a single plant that I would have been proud of. I saw some decent-looking plants, but nothing I would say, wow, look at this. I did this. This is amazing. And, you know, the thing that's funny is the Canadian, um, you know, legalization, it's all run by their health care system or overseen by it. So Health Canada has to approve their stuff. And you know what their final step in their flowers is? They run it through gamma radiation to make sure that there's no pesticides, or not pesticides, I'm sorry, no um, mold or fungus or biological activity. Gamma radiation. They say it's, wow. per they say it's perfectly safe. Yeah, what, what could go wrong? You know, what could go wrong? And I, I just can't help but wonder, you know, for for centuries, for for millennium, we've been growing this plant successfully, 
And I bet you that the Chinese herbalists that were using this plant, hell, there was probably some mold on it. There was probably some bird shit on it. There was probably some whatever, a piece of feather or something. They still used it in their medicine, and it still helped people. But I bet you nobody ever thought to stick it near a piece of uranium to make it better. Just didn't make any sense. You know, I live in, in the Midwest here where we're just surrounded by cornfields. And for years there's the, been the big fight about genetically modified corn. I mean, the same field of corn now grows, you know, almost ten times the corn that it did 30 years ago. But, like, the Europeans won't even use our corn because they're afraid of, you know, the, the science and the, the DNA of the corn. Right. Once again, what could go wrong? You ever seen that movie, The Hills Have Eyes? Oh, yeah, that's just radiation. What could go wrong? You know, it, it, it's bizarre, but unfortunately, as we're moving towards this legalization trend, that's exactly what's happening. The big companies are positioning themselves with a the foothold. Bayer and Monsanto and, and these main big farm and pharma companies are positioning themselves to have a stake in this. And what do you think they're going to do? They're not going to do something all of a sudden different. Let's see. We got Monsanto organic. No, nah, probably not. It's, it's it's all commercial. It's all designed for the to, for the most profit per square foot and the least amount of hassle. And if they can put in a Roundup Ready gene so that the weeds won't grow up around it, you think they won't do that? Mm, I, I I bet you they will. And they'll say it's okay. Go ahead. I, I agree that they're going to find any chemical that can, like Roundup or whatever, and, you know, you're going to have all kinds of genetically plants. <laughs> well, I think the, the thing that's important, and, and I did a presentation up in Winnipeg, and in that presentation I, I mentioned you, and I talked about, you know, no matter what happens with these legalization bills, we've still got people locked up. And not one of these bills that's, that's presented or, or floating through any state, even though they claim it's going to let all the prisoners go, it never does. Uh, in California, they didn't let any prisoners go. In Washington, they didn't let any prisoners go. None of these places was anybody actually let go after a law passed. What, they may have changed what they lock you up for, and it may or may not have helped your personal situation. But I have yet to hear of one place. There was rumors and some you know, bogus news that came out that talked about it, but it was never validated. And I just, you know, when I told people about you and the, the rest of the folks that are that are still locked up, I had a I had a captive audience. The the people up there seemed to care. So hopefully our numbers continue to grow. Go ahead, Craig. That was your first beep. Okay, but thank you for putting out there. There's so many people surprised that you know. Why are they still locking people for marijuana? I thought marijuana was accepted now. In federal prison, there's right at 17,000 uh, marijuana offenders locked up, and, of course, I'm one of them. And it's you and uh, all your listeners that are helping take it to the public where hopefully somebody will say, you know, why are we spending all this money to keep all these people locked up for a plant, a plant that is generally accepted? Well, it just doesn't make sense, and uh, hopefully our message of, of liberty and freedom and unity and this coalition and ending prohibition once and for all so 
Nobody has to get locked up. Nobody has to lose their kid. Everybody's everybody who needs it can have access to this medicine, and 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 not have to worry about the consequences of prohibition. Um, I think Craig, you still there? God damn it! Every day, every time this happens, we lose Craig, and uh, you know this is why we do it, folks. Um, I still welcome anybody that wants to debate the value, the value of legalization over prohibition with me. Um, if you think that um, the baby steps approach as an end game, I'm not saying in where you sit it may be the only thing you feel you can accomplish. I'd rather have something than nothing. But if your end game is to be uber-taxed and uber-regulated and that's the only way through this, we're never getting out, folks, and your kids are never going to have what they need. It's just not going to happen. All right, so we have a bunch of our guests have gotten in, and I think we just lost Jennifer Ani. So if somebody can reach back to Jennifer, um, we'll hopefully get her back. All right, let's get back to Ellie. We've got Lisa Sublet on the line. We've got Dolores Halbin on the line, and we've got Adam Asenberg on the line, all with updates. Um, so let's get back to Ellie and let's figure out what we all can do to help. All right, Ellie, you're back on the line and uh, let's get to this. What do you think? Um, what would what would be helpful? I know we have, um, you know, money. People always need money, and I, I wish I had a way to, uh, you know, to raise money better than we do. We do have a 501c3 and. Um, we can give a tax write-off if somebody does want to uh, uh, donate. Um, but, you know, all of this crowdfunding that people do, I, I wish it worked better. I wish there was a better answer. I wish there was uh, something that we could do besides, you know, the GoFundMe or the UCARE page. But meanwhile, if that's what we've got, that's what we've got. So, Ellie, tell us what you need. What can we do to help? Well, <clears throat> My son is getting ineffective um, assistance from this public defender. Um, like I, like I alluded to earlier, she was well aware of this arrest warrant and did nothing to try to rescind it. Um, plus, when he was in court, she didn't argue on his behalf to to keep him from being detained. She, you know, she she maybe spoke on his behalf for 15 to 20 seconds and um you know just didn't use any of the facts from his case or even really you know um seemed like she knew the case but was familiar with it she stumbled over her words um you know i tried whispering to her about getting a continuation and she said no you know and so at that time um, you know, I, I said in open court, Your Honor, I want I want to submit a Marsden motion and I was thrown out of the out of the courtroom. And um so Ellie, hang on one second. I, I can't bring up Jennifer uh -huh. Honey. And Jennifer Honey is a family law attorney. And frankly when I when I invited Jennifer to come on the show, I had no idea that you were gonna be on the show. But it just seems that um as she is an expert in family law. This might not be specifically a family law case, but it kind of is. Um, so hang on the line. We'll keep you both on for a mm -hmm. second. And I'm going to bring up Jennifer Ani. Jennifer is a family law attorney um, from the Bay Area, and uh, she's been a friend of the show before. Uh, in fact, the last time she came on, um, we had a defendant that came on out of Bakersfield 
and she was willing to come in and help out, and just the fact that she was coming into town uh, caused them to let go of the case. So um, that was some powerful stuff. Jennifer, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, Joe. Hi, long time no talk. How are you doing? It, it has been a while. So I, I was I was referring to the last time you came on my show, and we had that guy out of Bakersfield, and um, just the fact that you were coming into that case I guess they got they trembled in in their boots and uh, let the case go and he ended up winning. I was disappointed that I didn't get to go in on that case. I was looking forward to it. <laughs> well, I, I know you were, and that's one of the reasons that I'm kind of excited to talk to you. Um, we, we have so many uh, negative experiences with attorneys and especially with public defenders. <laughs> um, and you know, case after case, I, I have people tell me I've. I came in there, know the case better than my attorney. I, I went in to say something, and and they they kicked me out of the court. Or, no, I can't. I can't. getting represented effectively. I don't know if you've been able to hear what Ellie, who's also on the line right now, did not specifically plan this to happen. But Ellie contacted me yesterday, and her 12-year-old son is taken into custody. Um, she's. Like unable to defend this guy, and he's up. They're up in uh, uh, Lassen County, up far northern California. Um, and I just—I don't know if you were able to hear what what she was saying. I did. I did. I did hear. Um, and um, I hate hearing stories like that because, um, you know, as I didn't when I heard it, I didn't know it was about a 12-year-old. So that, of course, makes it exponentially worse. Um, and I, I could have seen getting tossed out for calling a Mars incoming. Um, you know, parents are really not given, I mean, you're supposed to have a full panoply of rights um, in the position that Ellie's in, but, you know, especially up in Lassen, um, it's sort of a home field. And um, sometimes, <laughs> it, sometimes it's difficult to push things um, like a Marsden. They don't. They don't have a replacement up there on the public defender level for your son. Um, you know that's probably why the the judge's head spun around when you asked for it. Um, it's you know it's a it's a really broken system. I mean I think that is the one thing I say consistently across all my cases, especially talking with you, Joe, is that it's just such a broken system. You know, and it's 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 unfair. It's completely unfair. Yeah, it Ellie, is. you're um, on the line. Yeah. Go ahead, Ellie. Yeah, it is. It's it's really it's really um, broken, and you know there, it's even though she may be the only public defender, you know, when a Marsden motion is granted, they can contract with the other attorneys that are in the area. You know, um, it's just. I, I mean, I don't even know if I can appeal <laughs> appeal him rejecting me from the court and not allowing me to do that Marsden motion. I mean, well, so, I I, so, I believe there's grounds for it. So, so but so and you, I feel like at this, huh? Oh, sorry. Um, so the the right. So even though your son is a juvenile, um, if I understand mm-hmm. how this went down, um, your son is the one being charged, right? Yeah. And so he at 12 years old would need to bring his own Marsden motion so that they, you don't have what's called standing to request yeah, I a know. new attorney. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, I told him to call a Marsden motion and he did. 
and but he doesn't know what it is. I, mean, I could try to educate him, but I mean, he doesn't have this. This public defender waived his rights to to a speedy, um, whatever. I've, I don't want to say trial because well, it's not really a trial, but um, yeah. So his his next court date's not even until October 23rd. So he's yeah, he's been in there for a week already, and and I'm dying. So. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he wasn't, we weren't served with, with this complaint, and um, they, they went ahead and held proceedings without us and um, assigned this public defender to him back in July, and she knew there was going to be an arrest warrant, um, even though, you know, the arrest warrant wasn't legal because we had never been properly served. Um <laughs> And, um, yeah, she did nothing to try to prevent it or rescind it or, you know, contact us and let us know so that we could appear and, and you know, handle this, you know, humanely without arresting the little guy. And, and then the judge decided to detain him um, because of, uh, for his own good, so that they could evaluate him uh, psychologically. So, well, Ellie, there at uh, least... October 23rd. <laughs> Are you able to get a transcript of this hearing? And, and for time purposes, I, I do need to get this thing moving forward a little bit, and I want yeah. to get kind of to the part where we can help. Jennifer, is yeah. there anything that can be done for a 12-year-old that's in custody right now to get him out? Is there a bail situation, or is there a, a OR, or any kind of a, you know, if if a adult gets taken into custody, typically they'll grant bail where the, the defendant can be out of custody while they fight their case. How does the juvenile right. system work? Well, so, I'm, I mean, I, it dep- some, of it, some of it depends on the crime that is being charged. Um, but, you know, a 12-year-old uh, is generally not going to be, you know, it, he's not going to go through, obviously, the adult criminal system. He's going to go through the juvenile delinquency system. And um, so that has, I don't quite understand how he got in. I, I missed the part. Um, what, what happened? What was the alleged crime? Uh, battery on a school official times ah. two, and one of them is allegedly a felony. Okay. Um, still, he's still a juvenile, and um, so you should not, are, are you in criminal court or are you in juvenile court? We're in juvenile court, and um, okay. you know, I, I just, I don't feel like the detention is right. Um, this is a disabled little boy who, who, uh, you know, during this incident that he's being charged with the crime was in the middle of, um, of a crisis. You know, his school failed to follow his, follow his behavior intervention plan. They failed to get the training to even recognize the early warning signs of his crisis. And he tried to commit suicide in this whole thing. He should have been 5150, not arrested. Right. I hear you. Um, yeah, that is really disturbing. I mean, sometimes, um, I, you know, I don't know the, the extent of what happened. I mean, so what you're saying is that he has a 504 plan and he was. And no, he, he has an IEP. You know, no, he has an IEP, which is which is way different than a 504 plan. So, um, it's an IEP is actual special ed, where a 504 plan is yeah, like no, with I, Americans I, for Dis- Yeah. So he has an IEP. I, I, 
And yeah. the behavior okay, intervention so, so plan. So he has an IEP, and he's not, and he's not, he's, he has a safety plan, so he's not, and they didn't follow it. Um, mm-hmm. But he ended up, so, but, and as a result of not following the safety slash intervention plan, he acted out and ended up, did he, did he really hurt the teacher? What happened? Um, he pushed one of them down, and he, um, he said, he, what, the, it was the principal, and she had him kind of cornered in a small office, and he punched her um, in the arm uh, seven to ten times is, I think, what the report was, and allegedly bruised her. But the, all the witness statements say that he punched her in the right arm, and the picture of the bruise is on her left arm. And when we okay. had our IEP meet, when we we had sat an IEP meeting with with the school on September 18th, and she had that same bruise on her arm. Okay. Um, and so, <laughs> other than other than the hitting the seven times, is there, was there anything else that happened? Nope, that's it. Yeah, so that seems a little bit extreme. Uh, for I mean, it just seems like something is wrong. Um, I would recommend going and meeting with the public defender and getting an explanation both for why she didn't she she didn't advocate the way that mm-hmm. he wanted her to advocate it sounds like she didn't do any advocacy and so you should get an explanation for that i mean mm-hmm. it, it's it, you know it's the early stages so you're not going to get a redo you know you're not going to get a do-over um when is the next so october 23rd that's for so there can um, be no reconsideration filed on on his detention well, there can be, um, but she needs to get on it right away. And so you yeah. need to go talk to her and find out. Yeah, I have you know, an appointment I, I, with her. I have an appointment on Friday. I mean, I've, but I was really, she's she's already lied to me. She told me, because I asked her point blank, blankly why she didn't contact us, and she said, well, because I didn't get any contact information. Well, the contact information is in the complaints. That, and she said, all right. I get is the complaint, and it has no contact information. Well, it does. My address is in it. So, I mean, she well, you lied get, you get to a copy me. Of it, right? I mean, you huh? get a copy yeah, of it. Yeah, I have a copy of it. I have, yeah. I have a copy of the court minutes and everything else. But, you know, I also, just to help Joe kind of move this along, I've, I've made my son a, um, a you carrying page because I'm trying to get a private attorney to, to, um, to substitute for her or to replace her with. I don't know what else to do. I just don't feel like she's going to um, work in my son's best interest, and she's just kind of trying to shuffle him through their system. I mean, I just honestly, I think they're trying to make money off of him. So <laughs> That wouldn't be the first time that's been the motivation. Yep. And they're not not with my kid. So, so um, yeah. you know, on on uh, Joe's on the Human Solutions um, member page, I know a few a few uh, posts down the page is is a link to his you caring. Um, you know I've the the full stories Jennifer, there. let me um, ask this: what, what what would it cost um, for you to step in on this case? What, what oh would gosh. we have to raise to make it happen? Um, well. So it's not really my wheelhouse, the delinquency side of it, and it's in Laffin, which is, I mean, is that seven hours from where I live, Ellie? I live in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, probably about that, yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I wouldn't be able, if it it were next, in the next year, I mean, my my trial schedule 
is almost solid through the end of the year. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Everything. I don't know what's going on. Um, so I wouldn't be able know to do that. Know of anybody that, that you could recommend up in the area? Mark Barulich, who is in, he's in Shasta. He's not laughing. Um, but yeah, he doesn't. Well, I'll get that information from you after the show, and yeah. we'll 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 move forward. I, I definitely want to, um, you know, maximize our time here, and um, I I know that um, we'll talk afterward after the show, Jen. You and I will talk, and I'll get everything we can. And Ellie, um, if you could get me a copy of everything you have, as far as the mm-hmm. complaint, um, the, mm-hmm. the transcript from the hearing. Anything that you have that will help me to facilitate a conversation um, between you and another attorney, um, I, I think mm-hmm. that this, that's what we can do right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can do about getting that transcript. It's really hard because everything's confidential. I can't even look at the police report, so which is, well, that, that's it not, doesn't that's make sense true. because I'm his parent. That's so. not true. So the, the, the statute that you want to look at is 827. Uh-huh. And 827, Welfare and Institutions Code uh-huh. 827, that's the confidentiality okay. statute for juvenile matters, both dependency uh-huh. and delinquency. And you'll find um, in there the, that, that you actually are entitled to a copy of all yeah. the documents. What you, can't, what you can't do is disseminate them. So you can get a copy and review them. You can't uh-huh. disseminate to other, to other people. But the statute on its face is super straightforward and easy to read. And okay. it's automatic, and, and it grants you the right. So just I just take a copy of Me that. Me as in. the parent. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Thank you because that it didn't make any sense to me. The probation officer and every um, the arresting officer and very many people told me the only way I can look at it is if I get a subpoena from a judge. <laughs> well, that, so that, that that's that's also false because you would file um, a petition under 827 to receive okay. the document. So. If you okay, don't I'll do that. Thank you for that. Sure, if you don't have any headway with that, um, I could probably write a letter for you that might get their attention. Okay, that would be that would be great. So, um, and I'm sure I can get contact information from you about you from Joe. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh-huh. All right, Ellie. Well, thank you so much. And this is just another example of, you know, the family gets together around the campfire and we figure it out and. <laughs> Hopefully you've gained a little bit of um, insight on this. And, and um, Jennifer, yep. I guess I just – Jennifer just dropped for a second. Hopefully she'll come back. But, um, you know, just really grateful that Jennifer was able to uh, uh, come in with that. But I will follow up with both of you after the show. And, um, you know, Ellie, again, we're here for you, and this is what mm-hmm. the Human Solution is all about. So just uh, Thank just you, that. Joe. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Right. I appreciate the time. Mm-hmm. You betcha. All right, well, we will talk uh-huh. soon, and um, we'll, we'll we'll have you back on and continue with updates, but I'll talk to you after the show, and we'll uh, we'll move forward. Okay, great. Thank you. All right. Whew. Boy, that's heavy stuff, folks. This is the real deal. Um, we have, you know, real people, real patients, real cases, real children, um, you know, and, and anybody who thinks they understand uh, the legal system, the justice system, as it likes to call itself, and thinks that just because something's supposed to happen, it does, uh, you've probably never been to court. Um, you know, my trial was a nightmare, and if it wasn't for everybody standing alongside with me, 
I'd be in prison right now. And um, that's how and why the human solution came to be. Um, and our support, us standing together, is what makes the difference. And we share information, we share ideas, we, we hold each other up. And when we do that, this works. Um, so we're going to jump forward. I've got a lot of guests on the line now. Um, we've got Lisa Sublett I'm going to bring up next because we've got some good news. Um, we've got Adam Asenberg with an update, and we've got uh, Mark Pedersen. Um, he's here. Actually, I'm going to bring up Mark right away because he might be on a time schedule, and then we'll go to Lisa. Then we've got Tom Corby. Um, we've got Cody Donnelly, and, uh, boy, we've just got a whole lot going on here and not a lot of time. So we're going to go to Mark. Um, he's got a case going on right now. He's been a regular on the show. And, uh, Mark, you've got some updates going on. Uh, tell us what's been happening in Colorado where it's legal. <laughs> yeah, where it's legal. Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate you having me on the program. Out, by the way, it's a legal thing. I'm sorry? I said, how's that legal thing working out for you? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, you know what? You know, whenever whenever they were drafting the the, the policy for that out here, you know, we, we kind of talked about that legal thing. You know, uh, we, we never had to go through all the mess that we are currently facing. The, 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 the legal things that I'm dealing with, so many other people in the state of Colorado that they've had to deal with, it's so unfortunate. And it's all because they, this wasn't addressed properly from the very beginning. Legal, this is not legal. This is just another level of prohibition. Legal means cannabis the same as any agricultural crop, but that is not what we're doing out here. And the unfortunate thing about it is is that a lot of people get, get trapped. They get caught up in the legal side of all this because of the fact all they're doing is trying to provide medicine for themselves or for a loved one. So, yeah, that's well, what brings me to this point. bring us up? What's happening, Mark, is that um, our audience has been increasing. We've been growing by leaps and bounds. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is give a very quick uh, recap of what caused this case in sort of a Reader's Digest way. And apparently you're having some uh, positive um, experience now. You're getting some local coverage and whatnot. Why don't you bring us up to speed? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, actually, I just, uh, we're just now getting back into the springs. We're in transit right now. We're in the car. Uh, but uh, we're, we've just made a very quick trip up into Denver so that uh, I could uh, be interviewed by uh, Channel 7 here in Colorado Springs, which is the ABC affiliate. I'm sorry, Denver, the Denver uh, affiliate of ABC. And uh, it was a pretty in-depth in- uh, interview. I really have no idea what's going to be left after they get done editing it. But uh, gave me an opportunity to really talk about the case, talk about really what brought all this about, the charges, and also about what my hopes are to see what will come about from all this. So, uh, yeah, very quickly. Uh, your line of questioning, what was their stance? Was it a, a positive or a, a negative point of view? Well, they grilled me pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, for, I was in there for 45 minutes, and they did hit me some very hard questions about whether I was breaking the law and what I and and you know uh, how was I knowingly coming in there to take and 
and try to do whatever. And, and basically, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, we're trying to save uh-huh. lives. We're trying to improve the quality of lives of people who are on hospice. This is what we're really doing. And I address specifically uh, regarding the charges, regarding the amounts that we that uh, uh, were in question with all this. And yes, there is a disparity between the amounts of, of medication that a patient would have and what a caregiver would have. Most people, would that would be common sense, you know? If a person is a caregiver and they're working with multiple patients, they're going to have amounts of medicine that would be more than what an individual would have, okay? Yeah, I can go along with that, you know? So that was one of the things that was brought up. And basically, a lot of the things that were addressed, as I told them today, this is a matter of education. That's what I see. I see law enforcement that don't have the information that they need to know whenever they walk into someone's home to be able to make a distinguish, to be able to distinguish between a person being a caregiver and being a cartel. You know, uh, that, these are things I think are pretty important. And uh, that's the kind of things that we talked about today. Uh, you know, it's about education. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they talked to you um, because a lot of people would have, uh, you know, would have crumbled under a tough questioning. It's, it's important, you know, part of what we're trying to do with the Human Solution and the Coalition is to raise up people, to, uh, uh, to, to bring up uh, our level of understanding, our talking points, our ability to communicate uh, well either to the court system or to uh, law enforcement or to, well, frankly, you should never talk to law enforcement, but, um, but, but to the media, to anybody. And it's just important that, um, you know, people understand. Oh, good, Jennifer's back on. Um, but as we were talking before, if you've ever been through our, our legal system, and I won't call it a justice system because it's just not just, they will pull crap that they're not supposed to. And if you don't know what your rights are, if you don't know the way things could go, these broad sweeping questions like, did you willingly break the law? Well, we're all willingly breaking federal law no matter what we do. So that's a that's a double-ended question. There's no way to answer that completely honestly without saying, yeah, I did, I was breaking the law because we're all breaking the law. Um, well, let's get to the part where, um, you know, you, you, you had a hearing since we last talked. Um, and it sounds like the prosecutor is is kind of squirming a little bit. Tell us what's what's happened here. Oh well, you know that is the big thing is information. It's education. You know, it's the fact that uh, the DA has had a limited amount of information. It's been ver- that's very obvious by us going over the discovery. He didn't have very much, and they could have had so much more if they would have been cooperating earlier on. If they just would have made a phone call or, or allowed me to come in and talk to them again, talk to them at length about what, really what it was that they were coming in on, what they actually were seeing. You know, there was a lot of different things. Actually, there's been another meeting actually since the last hearing, and we had a special meeting with the DA where uh, and it was going to be me and my three attorneys. We were going to go in and talk directly with the officers that were involved in this case and, and the DA would be present in the meeting. And uh, I came up for the meeting and uh, I was there waiting 
And at the very last minute, the DA, uh, one of the deputy DAs came out and said that uh, they really didn't feel like my presence was would be adequate right at that moment, at that time. And uh, it was kind of, kind of uh, strange uh, that they would not, not want me to come in and be completely open and honest with them as I was ready to do. But as it turned out, my attorneys went in and expressed themselves, uh, expressed my case, my side of things to them, addressed each and every one of the issues regarding my case, and you know everything from the quantities of cannabis that were identified to issues about whether or not I had an, any kind of gainful income coming in at the time. We had already pro- we provided the evidence on each and every one of those things, and that was an opportunity for my attorneys to express that to the DA. So. What has come about from that is uh, with the last hearing was, uh, was another plea, which was a far, far lesser charge. And, this, and then with this last meeting between my attorneys and the DA came an even lesser charge that was offered, which in each and every one of these, what I have strictly expressed is that we are not settling for anything except an acquittal. And uh, with that, but with that acquittal comes complete and full cooperation with law enforcement to see these things never happen again to another caregiver. That's where I'm at. Well, I tell you, Mark, uh, um, this is one of these things that, that we've been talking about. And, you know, the Human Solution is, a, is an education and support organization. And I, I talked earlier on the show about uh, the lack of people willing to stand up and fight. And when we do stand up, when there is somebody willing to stand up fight and fight, um, whether or not they were, you know, following the letter of the law, truth is these laws are all bad. And it really wouldn't matter to me one way or the other whether you were following the letter of the law or not because this is a victimless, quote-unquote, crime, even in the worst place. You go to Kansas or Oklahoma, and it's the same. We'll stand behind you no matter what, whether you're, whether you're technically – you know, violating some ordinance or whether you're flat out violating a, a bad law. The point is, is that we're here to stand by you. And I want the listeners to understand that what Mark do, is doing is sort of, but it's a courageous act. And the truth is, is if he didn't do this um, and, and didn't bring the weight of his understanding, his knowledge, and, and some attorneys to him, um, very likely you end up uh, branded as a felon in in Colorado, and you would likely uh, uh, negatively affect the rest of your life. So I'm trying to hold you up as an example to people uh, that, that are facing them charges or they're finding themselves, you know, in a bind. You stand up. Where you're at, Mark, right now, the fact that they're dropping your charges offering you better deals, and you're not even that close to a trial date, is golden. They've already showed their weakness. Now you can just charge in and push them over for the most part because they never, they don't, in my case, they didn't offer me anything until we were picking a jury. You know, they were old and tight, but when they let go early, usually it's a sign that they don't want to go anywhere near that. Right now it's raining, and I'm trying to drive and Hello. All right, Mark. Hello? I think uh, I, I think we're uh, getting in conflict with your uh, with your ride there. <laughs> yeah, I, I got I got uh, a lot of uh, other interference and things coming. I'm sorry. 
Well, anyways, when's your next court date coming up? Okay, my next court date is October 2nd, and that's my pretrial. And uh, so uh, we're actually, uh, we've offered this up uh, different than the other hearings that I've, I've been through. We've basically opened it up for my patients or other caregivers and people who want to come and show support to come and be a part of this one. Uh, and that's where, that's when the, why the media has all has jumped on, on all this as well. And, uh, like I said, we've already seen support some, uh, it's okay. We've already seen some, uh, 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 different, uh, news agencies that are saying that they want to come or, or, uh, be a part. So, uh, I believe uh, affiliates from NBC and CBS, uh, Fox, and this is ABC here, and I believe the Denver Post has also shown uh, some interest as well. Well, it's been our experience typically that when you start shining a light on things, the rats and cockroaches scurry away and the rock stars stand up and perform. So, um, you know, usually the courts and the, the prosecutors don't like the attention um, sometimes the defense attorneys don't either, but um, I've always found right, shine those lights, get the media looking. It's going to not only uh, it's not only going to keep things a little more honest, but it'll cause more people to understand what's happening, and hopefully we'll get closer and closer uh, to the day where this doesn't happen anymore. So the next your, your next hearing is going to be before our next show. So hopefully you can join us next week and give us an update and hell hopefully they will have decided to give up well well i guess we'll see on all that uh, again too my my hope in all this is that there's going to be more truth more more information is going to come out uh we'll spotlight this issue which you know this bridges all areas on you're there in california but i know we have people listening all over the country you know the, the issues of caregivers the plight uh that that we all deal with these specific things, particularly when we're talking about cannabis oil, uh, you know, this, this is stuff we need to address. We need to address it quickly because people are dying now. So. Couldn't, I couldn't have said it better. And just know, Mark, that um, if your case does go to trial and you do pick a jury, um, I'll be up there one way or another. So, um, and hopefully we'll, uh, you know, overwhelmingly pack that courthouse and show them that when they try to, um, you know, waste the court's time and tax dollars on a case like this that the people are not okay with it. So, uh, anyway, that, uh, if somebody needs to get a hold of you, how would they do it? Um, best probably uh, my uh, email. They can uh, People can reach me by my email, and that's uh, Mark, excuse me, Mark Patterson, M-A-R-K-P-E-D-E-R-S-E-N dot C- T-N, Cannabis Patient Network, at gmail.com. So markpetterson.cpn at gmail.com. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mark. Hopefully your package arrives soon, and uh, I, I wish you, and I, and I sincerely wish you um, the very best, and, I, and I, I encourage the locals to come up and support Mark and witness our legal system and, and you will have an influence on it just by being there, being professional, being well behaved and observing. So thanks again, Mark. And I look forward to talking to you very soon. Hopefully next week. Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate you, bud. Thank you, man. Beautiful. All right.
We've got uh, Jen got back on the line. I'm going to bring her back up. I've got Lisa Sublet. Um, Lisa, hopefully you can hang out for a few minutes. We've got Dolores Halbin. Hopefully you can hang out for a few minutes. And a few others that I'm, I know can. Before we get to Jen again, I want to remind everybody that every week we have a Solidarity Ribbon photo contest where we have a picture of this ribbon right here. However you see fit in a, in a fancy place, uh, on, on somebody who uh, um, is, is interesting, in a courtroom, a lot of them arranged in a specific way. Anyways, on the Human Solution uh, group page, there is a ballot, and there are some votes cast. By the end of this show, I will announce the winner. So you have a chance still between now and the end of the show to get up there and cast your ballot. And um, we'll have another great prize like we did last week and the week before. I look forward to seeing how that plays out. All right, we're going to bring Jennifer back up, and we will continue this. All right, Jennifer, um, welcome back to the show. I, I understand Thank you're you. driving and things click in and out. So I, I did not anticipate that we would be talking with a defendant when I originally arranged this. So um, I did want to get to, you know, kind of a general conversation with you. We have a lot. Sure. Um, you and I have a lot in common. We haven't spent a lot of time together, and I haven't actually met you in person yet, but I, I know that will be happening. Um, you you have championed many people's cases. I've, I've watched you uh, take on difficult cases. I've watched you step in and, and, and help people out in a compassionate way. Uh, you're an exceptional attorney in that way, but it's not just that. You you get results. I've, I've watched and, and, you know, I, I may not, you know, be tapping you on the shoulder every week, but I, my, my little birdies come and tell me what's going on sometimes. And um, I don't have a whole lot of attorneys, unfortunately, that I hold in high regard. But you are in, you are in that league. Um, Boy, and we I, talked I before. To hear that today. <laughs> I definitely need to hear <laughs> that. Yeah, I heard that you got today. your ass you. today. Tell us what happened. I did. I did. Uh, well. Um, it's a juvenile matter, so I can't tell too much, but, um, it, it, and it's very convoluted and not my normal fact pattern, um, but it, it, it is up there as far as corruption, uh, the court goes, I mean, there's, there's not a thing I can do to change this judge's mind about my client, although I had a two-and-a-half-day trial set. Um, she made up her mind before the trial started, and so that's always hard. Normally, I can do something to turn it around, but um, did not do that today. I still have half a day left. I'm not giving up yet. Um, it's not looking great. So um, I'm know, a little dejected. Explain to people, you know, who think that you go into a courtroom and you're going to get a fair shake at it, that a judge is going to be a fair and impartial um, uh, court as they're supposed to be, um, they're going to present the law as is appropriate and allow the rules of court as should be. But that's not always the case, is it? No, it's not. And, you know, um, in, in the areas of, uh, I practice, I do not have to make what's called an offer of proof before I call a witness to testify. But this judge made me do written offers of proof in about 16 hours' time. <laughs> So I, I wow. did it, and at the I did it, but at the end I said respectfully, 
I don't have to do this, and I cited all the cases that say I don't have to do it, but I'm doing it anyway because I don't want to have, you know, the, re- the result is that I would have to appeal that. So she, she didn't say a peep today, and I got to bring on all the witnesses I wanted to, and I've got one half day still. Oh, good. But, you know, I mean, if you, unfortunately, you know, for people who have to hire attorneys like me or anybody else, you know, you don't really know, my clients don't really know what, I do, you know, they just know that they they hire me to win for them, right? They don't hire me really to try their case. They hire me just to get a good result, right? And so all the things that go into that, you know, like Ellie was like Ellie was saying, I mean, pretty clearly, you know, if what she's saying is accurate, then the public defender is not going to be such a good outcome from that case with the public defender. And so she doesn't, she probably knows more than most, but she doesn't really know why that's happening. She just knows that shouldn't be happening, right? And right. so, you know, you know, and, and attorneys have a, a big responsibility and far too many just, I don't know, I don't know what happens really. I think that, um, I think it's tough to fight against judges, but, you know, you have to. I mean, in, in, my, in my case today, for example, I said... <laughs> Uh, I was I was told I couldn't go back to the jurisdictional allegations about thirty thousand times, and finally I said, well, but shouldn't we? You know, because there's a new fact that that changes the game that came up between dispo and jurist. I go, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we? Shouldn't we go back, Your Honor? I know we can't, but shouldn't we? Wouldn't that be right. in the best interest of this, of this child? And that was not so popular. But I was wow. right. I mean, you, you you should. I mean, you should. I can't go over the facts right now because it's still pending, but um, it, it, they're they're, egre- they're they're egregious, and there's no universe where a, a you know where our forefathers who sat down and gave us all of the Bill of Rights would have said that they intended this result today. No way, you know, if that makes sense. That's well, quite cryptic. I apologize. No, no, it's okay. I, and and we speak in broad terms a lot uh, because we speak of live cases a lot. So I. I I'm well, I don't know, versed in in broad speak, I guess, <laughs> if it were. <laughs> but the, but the, I guess the key is, is you know, we we're here to be effective, and we don't ever want to do anything or say anything that would compromise anybody's situation. And of course, you as an attorney are are ethically bound to do those things. But I even tell defendants that come on the show, you know. Be real careful. Don't say anything that's going to cause you a problem because everything you say will be used against you, and they'll find this, and they will use it against you. That's so, right. Uh, you better believe it. I always it. try you believe it. <laughs> want to tell everybody what's happening. Um, it's it's not wise more often than not. Um, well, let's get into kind of the core of all of this. I know I wish I had more time, and I, God willing, I'll have you back on more regularly. I'm I'm really working hard. Um, to build the human solution, uh, we went through kind of a, uh, a culling phase, and, you know, we talked briefly about the, the movement, and I put quotes around that, that movement because it doesn't move very well sometimes, and there's so many people that have, you know, common ideas and, and, and similar thoughts, but they just typically don't play well with others for whatever reason, and the group think so many people come into a group and they have a conflict with one or more members of a group and then they decide, well, I'm just going to start my own group. And I think the cannabis movement must have more groups than 
you know, any other movement. I mean, right. it's just a fraction right. of everything. It's unbelievable. But what well, it does ultimately is weaken us. And I think that um, I think that the conversation needs to be about standing together and finding common ground and, and working with people even if you don't really like them. You know, I, I have people right. all the time, you know, we're a nonprofit civil rights organization, and guess what? I don't like all the defendants that come to me looking for help. Some of them are just flat-out jerks. But you know what? That doesn't matter. We're here to help. And, and it's not about are you a jerk or not. It's about are your civil rights being violated, and is there something we as a community can do to stand up and, and maybe help? And I think it's important for people to realize that. When I get people all the time, a defendant will come up and we'll start to showcase their, their case. And I'll have people call me and go, well, you know, that person did this and that person did that. I'm like, <laughs> that has nothing to do with why we're here. You know, what they did shouldn't be a crime. And, and you know, you're dealing with people who have parents that have had children taken away from them. Um, and, and I know all your cases aren't about cannabis, but I know some of them are. And yep. every single time you run into a case where, you know, a cannabis case where a parent used or grew or whatever and a kid gets taken away, it, it, it's it's just got to be so dumbfounding because I bet you there hasn't been a single case where that kid was actually put in harm's way as a result of just this plant. Absolutely not. And, you know, I, I, I in, a, in a strange, strange way, I really love these cases, the cannabis cases, because I get to ask my favorite question when I, when I cross-examine the social worker. I get to ask my favorite question, which is, what are you so afraid is going to happen yeah. if the right. kid, you know, if, if, this, if this infant gets a hold of the raw bud that's growing. What are you so afraid is going to happen? And always, I'm not kidding. I know it's going to sound like I am. They say the the kid will die. And then <laughs> I, you know, no, I know, right? So and right. so in the larger and so in the larger cases that have been, um, well, you know, more egregious. I mean, Chris Conrad has come in to explain to them why they're not going to die. Jeffrey Hergen, rather, came in on another case. I mean, because I'm a lawyer, you know, my words are not evidence. So I have to put on experts, their words are evidence, and then I can argue the evidence that's in. But if it's just my word against, you know, county council's word, that won't work very well. So it is education about the non-toxicity of this plant is critical. I mean, you know, there could be um, – a poisonous mushroom growing or hemlock or, you know, a number of plants that are actually dangerous and actually legal, right? Legal. Whereas, you know, and cannabis is, I mean, it's, there's, it's not, it's non-toxic. I mean, especially if it's not been decarboxylated, which a raw bud would not be, right? So. Right. You can't even get high from eating it. It doesn't do anything to you bad. I mean, Tastes like notice. a wood chip, you know? Yeah, I mean, so... Right, you so might get a little upset because you know, we don't typically right. eat that much fiber. That's right. And but So a two-year-old or a crawling, you know, toddler is going gonna, is gonna to put it in his mouth like a wood chip and spit it out about as fast, you know? Exactly. It's not, it's exactly. not sweet. It's not, it's not sweet. It's not savory. And so, you know, and then I love the next step. Kind of a I little bitter. Say, 
Yeah, and the next step I could say, well, and if you knew the parents were growing or possess only CBD strains, what oh, is now the problem? Right, and I guys. love that one. Right, because it's like you know, obviously, what they don't like is, and this brings it all back to where we're really at. They don't like the quote psychoactive unquote effect, right? Hey. I mean, how 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 bizarre does that actually sound? Articulating that, right? Right, and so if you have the CBD, <laughs> we'll so, give you so, uh, Ritalin all day long. Right, but 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 I mean psychoactive. I mean, what does that word mean anyway? But if you go, you know, if you say that it's you know it's it's you know. Ruderalis, maybe I've used that word thing one time when they didn't have samples. They didn't know what they had. I maybe said that the parents were growing Ruderalis, which is an old-fashioned CBD that nobody actually grows anymore, I think. But it got us through and um, because we well, can't yeah, fight that. Yeah. Because, you know, because that, then, then you have them eating, you know, like Dichondra, right? You know, I mean, it's the same right. thing at that point. If you've got no psychoactive effects, then you're just eating, you know, Mondo grass. Yeah, exactly. So that's a very effective argument that I've probably just, you know, blown the cover on. But no, I mean, it, that's so, so, you know, it's, it's, it's so much, it's just, it's just bias toward people who, maybe it's fear, I don't know, but it's irrational. It's an irrational very position. Very much fear. It, it, yeah. People are afraid of what they don't understand. And the reefer madness has been taught for generations the white paper has been taught, teaching reefer madness for generations, and it's just textbook. They get taught drugs are bad, drugs are drug people are bad people, and marijuana is a drug. It's just their twisted logic, and they don't know any more beyond that. Typically, you know, you in courtroom. I mean, I've sat and watched their experts, you know, speaking out of both sides of their their body. Let's just say, and <laughs> they typically don't know very much about what's actually what they're actually talking about when it comes to practical no. application of this they just they, they don't, don't the, know the science, i mean the science isn't there i've also used um you know professor donald land um out of uc davis he also uh is one of the people who runs uh steep hill labs uh and don testifies as an expert for me um explaining you know what numbers mean like how you know how much thc is too much thc and how much is like not even you know touching the skin and i we did we did collude on the cbd trick in one case because they didn't know any better um he's a great yeah. guy um you know uh, both chris and don i think are great they're my wolf in pulp fiction you know when i really get stuck but it's education i mean and bottom <laughs> line is that it's it, it's it's education i mean there's there the courts don't know about it except for that certain Kansas judge who went to Colorado for an alternative medicine for his cancer <laughs> and was cured, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, well, we don't want to get into that. Right, I know, right? Um, so, you know, it's, just, <laughs> it's so much bias. It, it's, you know, I think I'm getting old and crotchety because I have so little tolerance for the ignorance that is out there with respect to this plant. Well, I think we need more old and crotchety in this <laughs> fight because what happens is is people are too tolerant of too much crap. And, you know, you have a unique point of view, as do I, when the victims of prohibition keep coming forward and showing you the cost of prohibition. 
I just had my child taken. I just lost my job. I just lost my freedom. I just lost my house. I just lost everything I worked for all my life. My son's in jail. My husband's in jail. My wife's in jail. All of these things that are just simply directly connected to prohibition, which brings me to this. I propose, and, and, and I'm working with a number of amazing people, Bobby Rodrigo, Sharon Ravert, and a bunch of other folks that have been walking in these trenches for a while now, and we've all come together and we've agreed that it's time to form a coalition of the willing, that, are, that we don't have to all be part of the same group or organization, but what we do have to do is recognize the value of ending this prohibition and standing together until we do that. And I want to ask you, um, in front of God and everybody, are you willing to stand with us and be part of this coalition and, and help doing what you do as, as part of the tip of the spear to end this prohibition once and for all? So I am all in, and I got your back. <laughs> I love it. I all love right. it. Well, that's exactly what I wanted to hear, and what I'd like to do um, I know you've got a lot going on, and I know, you know, between uh, days of a trial, it's, it's hopefully this has been a little bit recharging, speaking with some, some, some it, it allies. Has, you know, I've got to tell you, it is, it is always a pleasure to speak with you. You are always, you know, it, it's, it's, I always get an attagirl, you know, and, it, and it's good. You know, we all need that. And you, I don't you give a lot a of them either. you got to know that. I really don't. <laughs> well, I, I'm Especially not to attorneys. You, <laughs> well, I do understand that. Um, you know, I, I think that you know your your attitude and your how you're posturing. Um, you know, this coalition. I think it's all good, and so I'm here when you need me. Beautiful. Well, uh, Jen, I, I will reach out to you after tomorrow and get some information. Let your trial go through, but I'll reach out to you when you're done, and um, hopefully we can get some information for Ellie. Um, but I'd like to have you come back on kind of as a regular. Um, I, I'm trying to build the, the audience of this show, and we're doing it really well. And I know that there's a lot of people that have a lot of questions for attorneys, and only a handful of them I would, I would, uh, I would consider to give good advice. So, uh, Jennifer Ani, once again, just really uh, pleased to have you be part of this show. And uh, i just really proud of the work you're doing, and you have our support as well. Thank you so much. I'll talk soon. All right. Take care. All right. We got uh, Bobby Rodrigo joined us here, and he's been knee-deep in the hurricanes, and he's got a lot going on he's going to tell us about, too. So we're going to sort of um, upshift one gear, which means we've got to kind of step it up. I've got about a half an hour of the show left and about four hours of the show to do. So we're going to bring up Lisa because Lisa's got some great news, and I just can't wait to share it with everybody. Then we're going to go to Dolores, who hopefully I think has some great news, if I understand it correctly. And then we'll go to Bobby, and um, we've got Cody and Tom Corby, and we've got all kinds of uh, – oh, and Bobby Jared has something to say too. So we'll get to everybody even if we got to go overtime. All right, so Lisa Sublet, one of my – favorite guest. Uh, she's the one of the directors of Bleeding Kansas, and she's one of the hardest working ladies I've ever known, um, pounding away, trying to make change out there. And about a year ago, Lisa and I talked about, you know, how do we get our voice heard better? And we said, we've got to get a hold of some, you know, some celebrities. And she had some ideas, and, and you know, Lisa's just been pounding away at this. And I'll just go ahead and give it over to her to share the news. Welcome to the show, Lisa. 
Hi. Hi, Joe. Hi, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> Why don't you tell us what's been going on in your last week? Uh, well, it's nice I can finally talk about it. <laughs> um, we're not completely done yet. We won't have a finished product, but we can at least announce to people we have something on the way because uh, I had, you know, <laughs> sounds kind of crazy, but I just got this weird idea. I guess it's been, oh, my gosh, it's been at least a year ago, if not longer. I really can't remember how long it's been. But I found out that Melissa Etheridge was coming, and she was going to be playing out the Uptown Theater here in Kansas City. And, uh, you know, Joe, we don't get a paycheck, so I couldn't afford a ticket. But I grabbed one of the kiddos, and uh, we went down there with our signs, and I said, this is what we're going to do. Because, you know, I used to work in radio. So I was like, we are going to just stand in the back wherever I see the bus, and that's where we're going to stand. And whenever whenever you see – you know, them come to the bus, we're just going to yell like crazy and see if we can get her to come over so we can talk to her. <laughs> and that was the first time that was the first time we met, and I uh, gave her our literature and information and told her what we were about. And uh, then we talked through Twitter several times, and uh, then we started talking by uh, email. And uh, we did that for several months, and... Um, had her look over our bill. Um, she helped us hook up with some some researchers uh, as we're preparing for. We're still hoping to see, but there's a possibility that we might get to present some medical cannabis uh, science to the Kansas Medical Society. Still hoping that that's going to happen. Um, but so you know, we've just been talking back and forth, and I don't, you know, blast her out. I try not to impose. Uh, I try to only ask her something if I you know, if something comes up and I need it. Um, but then I found out she was coming back to town to sing with the symphony here in Kansas City. And I was like, well, this just, you know, I've had this thing in the back of my mind for a while. This might be the time to ask, you know. Timing is everything. And because you yes, don't want to push is. those things. You don't want to impose. You need to understand what their schedule She's one of the hardest working women in rock and roll. She tours constantly. And it won't be long before she's starting a holiday tour. She's just always on the road worldwide. So she, you know, especially I try to be very considerate of that. But so I thought, well, but it just felt like it was okay to ask, you know. You feel that kind of now's the time. So I did ask, and she was like, sure. (laughs) You know, what day works for you? And I was like, okay. And so – we got our time and our schedules together. So we were finally able to meet this weekend. And uh, a member of our organization um, was able to set us up with a friend of his who supports the cause, uh, who's also a cameraman at uh, a television station. So he had all the professional equipment and whatnot. So it was it was one of those chaotic moments that somehow I still had peace all the way through and everything fell into order because we forgot things we had to come back and get things and you know you would I spilled water all over me you would think that this would you know these things that would make you panic but I was just very focused on what had to to get done even in the midst of the chaos but uh, it went so well she's just as wonderful in person as the relationship we've had through email. It flowed very naturally. So 
the long and short is, is that we've asked her to be the face, the face of our free to heal campaign. You know, that's our hashtag that we use all the time, free to heal. And so hopefully we had a really great interview and that's just in the process of being edited into um, shorts and snips and then into stills that we can use for messaging. We have to parlay this into uh, PSAs that can be used um, and to get these out to to media, you know, we can't afford an advertising campaign. So my my tip to anyone is if, if you have a C3, develop a PSA uh, that you can use in print, uh, audio, in 15, 30, and 60-second increment sound bites. Put that on a disc and deliver it to a station because they are FCC mandated to have so much public service time. So... Um, and College Press, too, They're, they always need PSAs to fill on their pages, just let you know from working at college newspaper. So for um, so we're going to kind of go forward with this Free to Heal campaign, and uh, sh- her message was really on point, sharing her own experience, uh, how she as a mother has this conversation with her older children, how she had it with her younger children. Um, uh, just we covered a lot of, we talked about uh, the, the NFL, their approach to cannabis and things like that. She's a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. Matter of fact, we had to bump the interview up an hour because she didn't want to miss the game. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely huge Chiefs. I was sitting there thinking of gifts to get her, and I swear to you, I was like, wow, like a Chiefs guitar strap would be awesome. When she comes out for the encore, she's got a Kansas City Chiefs guitar strap. So oh, like, wow. Well, there goes that. Oh, she's a huge Chiefs fan. So, um, yeah, we're going to be trying to compile a, a thank you gift from the members and from people in Kansas to, you know, send her, send all the notes and gifts to one place so we can get it all together and send to her as a thank you. But um, so uh, hopefully like this will be the I'd like to include a couple of solidarity ribbons in that if I could. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I Hopefully it will be a start of a good – you know, relationship. Again, the thing is you don't ever want to push too hard. You don't want to impose. But what's also good is that, you know, we can maybe then go to others who've left Kansas and who now live in a free state and and say, hey, remember us? We're back here. <laughs> and look what Melissa did. And wouldn't you like to join in with Melissa? So, um, you know, but we, we're just very grateful. She was absolutely generous to do this with her time. It's very exacting to try to take their time when they're preparing for a huge show like that. Um, you really don't want to get into their headspace on a day like that. So it was more than generous. It's, you know, working in radio, I know what it looks like behind the scenes. And to, to have that time before show is a huge gift. It's a huge gift that she gave to us. And she also gave us tickets to go to the show that night, which she didn't have to do at all and was very sweet wow. of her. And she, she's an absolute powerhouse. And it was just magnificent with the symphony. So she was, like I said, just a very lovely person. And her message was completely on point. She was very well educated on this, uh, not just her own fight, her own survival, but then getting educated. Like I said, she works with researchers there in California. She's up on the research and um, then I think she is going into the product uh, as well, um, but they're going to be products that she cares about. You know, she's very educated. And, you know, she just had a heart because I shared with her one of our patients 
um, who I think I can only just now talk about without crying. We'll see if I do okay. But, you know, we just um, buried um, someone. Oh, well, not buried, but she passed away um, just a few months ago. And she was a grandmother and mother fighting cancer and fighting for her life. And the contrast, you know, that Melissa and I talked about is that if she still lived in Kansas, she would be in prison or, or passed away. These people still don't get all these people that are uh, prosecutors and judges and cops that stand so adamantly against our mission, um, thinking that, you know, this is just a drug, a gateway to hell, whatever. And the glaring science that sits in front of us that shows over and over again, and it's not just a few obscure cases. There are high-profile people that have been cured that are no longer uh, ridden with cancer because of this and this alone. Uh, it, right. It's, it's, yeah, Olivia Newton-John, yeah, Newton her cancer is back. Uh, her daughter is a grower in, is it Oregon? I think it is in Oregon where her daughter is a grower. I may be mistaken. It might be Washington, but I'm pretty sure it's Oregon. But her daughter is a grower here in America. And so when her mother's cancer came back, she said, Mom, you really have to look at this. And now Olivia Newton-John is coming out swinging. She was, after she's seen the research, she's coming out swinging like this has to be available, especially back home where she's at. You know, Australia, they just flipped, but it's, there's still a lot of people suffering. Um, you know, it's going to take a long time before product can get to the people it needs to get to. So she's she's become more vocal. So, you know, um, well, it's a big part of what the coalition has has decided that is important to do is to get the voices of people that other people will listen to, and and that includes, you know, celebrities, movie stars, singers, actors, uh, sports figures, and 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 get some of these people to get behind this message. And it's not just the message of this product or that product, but the the message of the medicine and the message of prohibition and how it has to end and I and I think you you know we talked about it in Georgia a month ago and you know you brought it to life <laughs> as, as we're doing it so um, well, God, it's, it's, God, God is good uh, I would say <laughs> a warning a warning to people though not all celebrities are cut from the same cloth and uh, nope. again she was she was very loving very kind this comes from a place sincerely in her heart where she wants to help, and, and she's very sincere and genuine about that. Other celebrities are going to ask you, you know, how much is it, how much are you going to pay them for whatever, to come and speak at whatever, right. to come do it whatever. And is their time valuable and worth money? Is their, their branding and what it's going to do for you worth money? It is. But the, the, the problem we have is that not all cannabis organizations are huge with ginormous yeah. budgets. Uh, most I, of us have, we're lucky. <laughs> yeah, we're lucky if we have a hundred bucks in the account. You know what I mean? So, um, yep. <laughs> you know, I, I would say to any other advocates out there, if you have a celebrity that's from your state, uh, from your hometown, you know, just be just be warned they're not all cut from the the same cloth. And and so, but you know, if if one road if one road doesn't if one road doesn't work out, then you just go down 
go down another. Don't be discouraged. But um, also don't be so desperate for it that you find yourself in a bad situation. You know, really look for that energy that, that matches the same place that you're coming from, which is none of us do this if it wasn't out of love for the patients, if it wasn't out of compassion for the people who suffer. So make sure you find copacetic energy um, and just be warned that way. You have to make sure... I don't. I just don't want to see people get offended, and don't be offended if people. That's their. That's the, what they yeah. do for a living. So they can do that. So don't be offended and trash talk them. Just move on to the next one. Exactly. I, I think that's a really important lesson, Lisa. And and you know that's part of what this show is all about. <clears throat> so many people get offended so easily in so many different ways, and they get offended and they walk <laughs> away. And you know what? Yeah. This is a. a a cold and prickly world. You want to get offended? Get yourself arrested and see what they do to you as they're processing you into general population. I'll tell you about right. offensive, and we could have a long discussion about that. So, right. you know what? If you're out trying to do good, this is like a no-lose situation. If you run up to somebody and they reject you or you didn't mesh right, move along. There's there's a thousand move others. There's a, there's a lot yeah. of ways to come yeah. at this. So, please. Yeah. Yes, it wasn't exactly. meant to be. So namaste and move along. Get on with your day. But exactly. we just made a say. Namaste, get on with your day. <laughs> yeah, I, love you know, I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Well don't Lisa, on that you actually have to get moving along. I've got a few minutes and a and a lot of people that need to get on. I well, just am tickled that. that we were able to have this conversation and I'm I'm very excited to see how this progresses. So as always, well, let me know what we prayer. can do, and uh, yeah, keep it's us in prayer. And sh- keep us in prayer and share when it finally comes out, when the videos and the snippets come out. Uh, we appreciate our our friends and family in the, in the coalition, you know, helping us get that information out there. Because every article that's come out this last two weeks, Joe, whether it's about the states that'll never state to have laws going, we are never mentioned. The cannabis. Uh, media never pays any attention to Kansas. It's one thing to be ignored by Kansas media. We're kind of used to that. But the cannabis media pays no attention to us at all. And so we really would appreciate help from the coalition members. Don't feel alone. They ignore us too most of the time. They don't like (laughs) our message. (laughs) That's all right. If If they come out to me, I'll make sure and bring you up. That's for sure. All right. Well, thank you, Joe. You know I love you. Uh, so all love to you love and Liz that. and the Chihuahuas. You betcha. All right. Once again, Lisa Sublet, Bleeding Kansas, and the great news, Melissa Etheridge is going to be uh, the face of a campaign that's going on out in Kansas, and I'm very much looking forward to watching that unfold. All right. Now we're really in the lightning round here. we got Dolores Halbin. Um, we wrote letters on behalf of Dolores. She was being charged with moral turpitude charges as a licensed practicing nurse over a case that her husband unfortunately lost his life as a result of. Um, Dolores is uh, an amazing uh, individual, part of the American Cannabis Nurses Association, and it just blew my mind when this moral turpitude charge came up. But there was a hearing uh, a few weeks back and I understand we may have had a ruling, so Dolores is here to update us. Dolores, once again, welcome to the show. It's always a treat to have you here. Well, thanks so much, Joe. It's been an amazing show. Congratulations. <laughs> from the you beginning. know, what's happened wow. is over the last 
month or so, um, we've been doing this live stream thing, and the, the audience has grown by probably ten times what it was before. And um, the guests are coming forward, and people are really um, – we're starting to stack guests up into next year almost. So it, wow. it's really exciting to watch this show become what it was designed to, a voice piece. A mouthpiece for the for the movement, uh, um, the mission to end prohibition. It needs to be articulated, and you've always been a supporter of that notion and part of our coalition. And why don't you tell us what happened? Okay, I have a letter here from the State Board of Nursing, and I will just read the two paragraphs. It's short. Um, we have reviewed the investigative report, which resulted from the complaint against your license. The Board of Nursing takes violation of the Nurse Practice Act very seriously. In lieu of public disciplinary action and restriction against your license, the Board has issued a letter of concern. Um, this decision should not like be seen as a position on medical marijuana. So they're not making a position on medical marijuana. Um, the board is concerned that you're found guilty of a Class A misdemeanor of possession up to 35 grams of marijuana. The board reminds you of your duty to demonstrate appropriate and lawful behaviors both off and on duty and reminds you of the addictive potential of marijuana and to be cognizant oh. that this chemical can interfere with your abilities to perform your nursing care in an organized and competent manner. The board reminds you that your license is a privilege and you should not abuse that privilege. Um, and then yada, yada, yada. So it is a sealed record, um, which means a sealed record will not be disclosed or reported to any state agency, other board of nursing, or anyone else without your express written permission. So that's as good as it could have gotten for us. So you still have your license? Yes. Yes. Yeah, there's there's absolutely no, but yeah, and I, you know, the letters were great. I still haven't got a copy of those from Dan. I need to call the office and remind the girls. Yeah, yeah. So I can send no, personal thank you notes to everybody. Um, but you know, and well, I know, you know you've got a lot. Gave, um, we we gave a, a human solution membership to everybody that wrote a letter on your behalf. So. I think we still have a few people that we do not have addresses for whatnot. I'm aware of it. So, yeah, and that's um, why I, I need I know. copies of those letters. So yep. i got to get back exactly. on my lawyer. He's being slow now Now that we've won our case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know what? The good news is, again, you won your case. And to the listeners, this is what it's all about. We stand together. You write a friggin' letter once in a while. If that's all you do, you will have helped and and yeah. raise up a person from not, you know, imagine having lost a nursing license that takes so long to get and is so fragile and it's so powerful. I mean, my God, when something goes wrong, a nurse comes into the room and everybody smiles, right? I mean, that's the whole idea. And, and, and knowing that, number one, even if this plant was was twice as dangerous as it was, which it's not at all. You weren't even using the plant. This was you were growing it for your husband to begin with. So this was a ridiculous case, and the fact that the community rallied together and stood behind you is 
what we're all about, and I'm very proud to know that we had some small part in it. Well, I am grateful. Today's our uh, today was would have been our 42nd anniversary. Today, wow. Jean and I. So, wow. yeah, it's just been a really um, reflective day. Um, thinking a lot about this and prohibition and how. And then over the weekend, I had a little cousin who died of an opioid overdose, and we spread his ashes down here. And it's like, wow, you know, the death, you know, people are dying because of this. And, uh, gosh, you're right, Lisa. At least is one of the most hardest working person ever. And if people just go on their website and give them some money, God, buy them some lunch or something, send them, send them gift certificates to restaurants. <laughs> I don't think they ever stop to eat, um, but they do it because people are dying. And I mean, my husband's dead, and this this kid we just asked was, you know, another victim of the opioid epidemic, and might have been saved by cannabis. And uh, it just, I don't know when they're going to cry uncle. Um, and I well, you know when they're going to cry uncle is when enough of us stand together yeah. and lock arms and. Speak with one loud voice, yeah. and that's what we're doing. Yeah. We're reinforcing this yeah. coalition. You've you've declared your, your support for it a long time ago, and we're building it. If you're listening to the show, we're getting one more, one more, one more willing to stand up and say, yes, I'm part of this. We're going to end this once and for all. And I know that when we get enough of us together, we're going to hit a critical mass, and they're going to see us coming, we and they're going to re- say, yes. enough. Yes. We have to hit critical mass. It's the law of biology. And the last thing I want to say, and then I'll let you get on because I know you're about out of time and you've got other people waiting, is not only am I an RN, but I'm a cannabis RN. I'm a member of the American Cannabis Nurses Association. I'm a member of Patients Out of Time. And I have been on trial. I've been through my own personal trial with with this. So if I can ever be assistance as a professional witness in any medical marijuana trial, please just let me know. I mean, God, you know, I've kind of been there, done that on every side. You know, I've been the caregiver. I've been arrested. I've gone to jail. I've fought them in court. And I've gotten my education on the side here. So, you know, that's, I did it all. I don't know what for. I just have it, and so I just want to throw that out there that I have this education, and I am happy to donate it to anyone that I can help stay alive. Well, what we're doing is we're putting a um, we're building our um, legal clinic, and part of the legal clinic is expert witnesses and um, that sort of thing. So. I know as we're building our database that we are including you. I think we may have already <clears throat> included you on as a resource. So that's definitely part of our plan as we go along. And, um, you know, we're going to continue on. So, all right, Dolores, well, I'm, I'm glad to have uh, two bits of good news along the way. And uh, we're going to continue on. We'll have you up as uh, as updates occur. Um, and I just, I'm just grateful that uh, we were able to help, and I'm grateful that you're standing with us after you've been helped and are willing to continue to help others. And we're starting to Oh, man, you got to pay it forward. I'm fully <laughs> um, about that trend. 
been a long time coming. I am all, all right, in folks. with you, Joe. I am all in with you. Oh, you are. And I, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna meet each other in person sooner than later. I can assure you. I I'm on a so. mission right I now. I haven't so. been this fired up in a while, and I'm watching the support start to gather around. And I'm here to help every way I can. So you'll be seeing me sooner than later. I hope so, darling. You take care. Thanks for having me on. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Once again, right. Dolores Halbin, uh, she keeps her nurse's license, folks. She Woo! keeps her nurse's license. Okay. Continuing on. Um, geez. We're going to go into time machine mode here. we got three minutes, 56 seconds left on the show, but I know a secret. I can run a little bit long, and Blog Talk Radio doesn't care. So, uh, we're going to probably go a little bit longer, but we're going to kick it up a notch once again. Bobby Rodrigo is here, and I believe he's either in Florida or on his way to Texas, or he's been out in the, the throw of things uh, with We Do Better um, working with Hurricane Relief. And this is a man who is uh, walking the walk, talking the talk, and bringing the provisions and food and the resources to the people that are really in need. You know, and it's a funny thing. Bobby, I'm just going to bring you up here. You know the routine. It's a funny thing. As all these things are going on, these hurricanes are blasting through, devastating Puerto Rico, Texas, Florida, all these islands. I'll bet you nobody in any of these places is concerned one little bit about somebody that had a cannabis plant. Hmm, imagine that. No, I don't Imagine that. Really not not high on the priority list right now, is it? No, I, I, no, it's not even on mine, and I absolutely love cannabis in all ways, shape, or form. <laughs> and uh, I haven't been thinking much about it lately, except when I need to get lost. Um, it's uh, an interesting world out here. Let me tell you, uh, it's been a long, long, tough day. Uh, positive stuff too, but. It's been pounded. I want to read something to your audience. Let them know how serious the world is behaving right now. Can you put the phone up a little closer to you? Where it sounds like you're kind of far away. Um, how is that? Much better. Yeah, much better. Thank you. Yeah, hold on, uh, I lost my spot. Okay. Oh, sorry about All right, that. So I want... No, it's not your fault. So I want to read something to you. That shows you how the world is behaving. Let you know how serious the situation is. Let your listeners understand the situation. I'll read a couple of them. Hi, Bobby. I've been sharing your info with my Puerto Rican coworkers. It has been helpful. This is heartbreaking. I received a call today from a future employee who works at a hospital in San Juan right now. She was sobbing because they told her starting Monday she couldn't come to work. She said the morgue cooler is overflowing and bodies are just on the floor. I'm trying to help her get an earlier start date. Why is the media downplaying this severity of this? That's one. Give you another one. Intel from Reina, who's one of our team, one of our rescue teams on the ground in PR. The rescuers now need to be rescued and are in sand position as the victims. I think that's supposed to be same. 
no petrol to get around, etc. All the rescue teams in there have no MREs left and no petrol. Petrol lines are hundreds deep, and there's also 700 people trapped behind a mud slide, mud landslide. That's number two, or number two. Um, then there is a bunch of uh, tweets by David Begnard, who is on the ground in Puerto Rico. He actually, there's, a, there's information on how ships have been sitting out in, in the harbor, or actually in the ocean, waiting to get in for days because they don't have the port operating. And, of course, they'll tell you, well, you know, we don't have truck drivers and we don't have crane operators because, you know, they're all trapped in the city and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know. If the government was operating the way I run my business, let's say, perhaps they would have brought truck drivers and crane operators with them when they went there allegedly to help. That would just be easy, though, now, wouldn't it? Because they could rather say, well, we're stretched in and we can't do it. Well, I'm sorry. That's not good enough. And these are the things that annoy me a lot because this is what I'm living in right now, just on that one issue. So I I wanted to let everybody know what's going on and what we're dealing with every day. And, you know, yesterday was a good day. We got shipping all arranged, and and, uh, I found a a shipping company that's donating for free. I, I can ship. Everything and everybody out to Puerto Rico every single day of the week. Be nice if they could get it off the ship, though. And um, but you know we we have that starting on Monday. We're gonna load. We're gonna just gonna send containers and containers of stuff, and we're gonna get it out to Puerto Rico. And we got private planes getting out there. We sent one out this morning that had seventeen thousand pounds of supplies, and they came back and they're ready to load up again tomorrow. So you know we're making progress. Um, we're not flying into San Juan with the private jets because it's, we've had people have stuff seized from them. So we're going into Isla Grande, and uh, nobody's bothering anybody there. It's a small airport and uh, things like that. So, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, you know, and, and then, of course, the, 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 the most tragic part of this is that this is just another place in the United States that needs to be helped. So there's no issues here other than... You know, Donald Trump actually had the audacity to say, well, you know, Puerto Rico's through. And this, I'm sure you all heard this. I, I don't watch the news, but I, it was for, I was getting interviewed and yesterday, and I was told about this right before the interview started. That got my attention, that uh, Puerto Rico is, you know, surrounded by a big ocean, really big ocean. And it's hard to get there. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm a Navy veteran. That's the wrong thing to say around a Navy guy. Especially when I got yeah, a picture out, through one of, the, one, one of the people yeah, here that yeah. showed the Navy sitting off the off the coast in the ocean with multiple Gator Freighter ships just sitting there doing nothing. So, you know, it's uh, interesting. So I would ask everybody to get on the phone and rock and roll as hard as you can, everybody you can, because as I tell people all the time, the reason that I do what I do is because people are dying. And that's what's happening. And our government is causing it on the cannabis level, prohibition, on so many other levels. And this is a perfect example to lay into them heavy because people are dying. Well, Bobby, let me ask you this. You're, you're out there on the front lines. You, you're obviously, uh, you know, a little, little battle weary on this. What can people do from here to help? 
And what if somebody wants to come out there and help? What what would you do? I wouldn't even know what to tell them. Time, uh, supplies, and money are first three. If you are a doctor or a nurse or a responder, um, get a hold of me, um, Robert at WeDoBetter.org, um, and let me know where you are. If you got a group of you, first responders, um, particularly, we now have access to planes. Carnival cruise ship we, we were able to arrange is going to leave Sunday uh, with supplies. Uh, I mentioned the other shipping thing. That's cargo. We have private jets going all the time. Uh, we're going to start getting medical teams, more medical teams out there. Um, you can come to Miami. we got a warehouse staging area, which is not the only one around either, um, but we have a warehouse staging area that we're taking in supplies and palletizing them when needed and wrapping them and weighing them and doing manifests and then sending them out on planes and ships because all those things are required in order to have be in order to be in receipt of them at the other end uh, because, of course, uh, the National Guard has seized stuff and we now have government permission. I didn't know I needed that to go help people, but that's okay. I don't give a shit. I don't, I'll help the government help people as long as the shit, the shit gets to the people. Um, I'm, I have no issue with that. You know, the, the idea is to preserve life. So, but, you know, to stay focused, uh, you can donate money to wedobetter.org. Uh, we're actually setting up a web page. So all the coal, because the idea is to funnel the money to Puerto Rico. Um, United for Puerto Rico, I believe, is the organization by the first lady. Um, I, I, for me, I don't care as long as 100% of the, the relief, uh, whatever you're doing, goes to the, to Puerto Rico or the Virgin Islands or Dominica or Antigua or Barbados or San Martin. I don't care. Um, just make sure it goes out there. Don't, you know, American Red Cross sucks. I'll say it again. The American Red Cross sucks. Um, the American Red Cross, the Red Cross International, does not. Uh, it's completely different entity. Um, I, you know, please stay away from them and focus on your NGOs. Um, we, we, we do better. And, and I'm living, I'm living an example of our model. We do better is not out here. The only reason why I'm out here is because I'm an experienced disaster responder. It's just incidental that I'm also the COO and the legal director of we do better. And it's incidental that we do better project model is what I'm living with these NGOs because everybody I'm working with is NGOs. Uh, we are filling the gaps, and we need to, we either need the government to let us work with them or get the fuck out of the way because people are dying. It's the ultimate sacrifice. And all this shit that you're hearing from the elected official, I don't care what – everybody knows I hate them all. I don't – Donald, Barack, Slick Willie, St. Reagan, they can all kiss my grits, let me tell you. Because if any of them were worth a damn and any of the elected officials were worth a damn, they've all had power, and none of them have fixed shit. You all need to get your head out your – patooties and get busy fixing what's going on because that's what's going on. People are dying because our government is in the damn way and they have been for a long time in a lot of areas. And that's my message for the night. And I'm sorry to bring you down a little bit, everybody, but reality is a motherfucker sometimes. And you never even hear me talk like this, but I'm, I'm really upset about today. And, uh, oh, Bobby, you, know, you, and, you and I are cut you know. out of bread in a lot of ways. And that's what this show's all about. It's, it's about reality. And sometimes reality is a little dark and bitter, Sometimes it's light and sweet, but today uh, we got a little bit of both, and, and it's important for people to realize that, um, you know, the, the, the world is very real out there, and, you know, there's a lot of fronts that are, that are being fought, and, 
You know, while people are busy bitching and whining and moaning about little stupid things, remember that right now, today, as, as we're sitting here complaining about whatever little thing we're complaining about, there's people that are stepping over bodies. There's people that don't have water to drink. There's people that that are not going to make it till tomorrow. And that a lot of this could have been avoided if our government had stepped in as it could have and brought in the weight of its resources, none of this would be happening right now. We would be uh, well on our way to recovery in all of these places. You know, I, and I'll say a couple of things before I get out of here. Number one, congratulations to the nurse that was on about all of that. Even though they played that game, we got to go scream at those people. And, I'll, and, and as you know, your listeners may not know, but as you, as you know, Joe, I'll go to war with Jennifer Honey on any day of the week. I work with her. I have uh, worked with her now quite a few times. Looking forward to joining her in these battles. Yeah, she is She is the real deal, everybody. And, uh, you know, you guys all hear me complain a lot about attorneys, but uh, I also scream really high about the ones that are the bomb, and Jennifer is the bomb. And uh, I've worked with her for a She's while now on out. the ground. So uh, right now. She, is, she is the shit. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Excellent. I, I work with her. Right, I work with her a lot. <laughs> I worked with her a lot, and on the ground, in person, different different jurisdictions, getting busy and making making the government accountable for what their behavior is. And uh, she's the real deal, people. Just so you know. All right, Bobby. Well, I appreciate you coming aboard, and um, you know, we'll just have you keep checking in as you can and. Get with me later on. Let me know what we can do. Uh, if there's a specific message I can help to forward out there, uh, you've got all of our resources at your call. Appreciate it. Everybody have a good good night, and uh, I'll check in with you next week. All righty. Once again, Bobby Rodrigo with We Do Better and so many other uh, organizations and agencies. Um, Bobby's been around for a while, and uh, he's the real deal, too. Not a lot of real deals out there, but Bobby's definitely one of the real deals. All right, the time machine, I don't know how well it's going to keep going. Um, we've got, we're over time right now. I'm going to go ahead and blast through this. we got Bobby Jarrett, i got Cody Donnelly, and Tom Corby up next, and we're going to kind of run through it here. Bob Jarrett, you are live on the air. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing great, Joe. How are you? Doing fantastic. Awesome. Oh, been busy. Uh, ended up in court in Butte County for a friend of mine, Frank Canan. He got uh, 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 driving under the influence of uh, combined alcohol, marijuana, and uh, so I went in there. But the, the whole thing was he wasn't. He was never driving the car. His girlfriend was, and all this is in the police report. All he did was uh, move the car out of the highway onto the shoulder of the road. You know, and they wanted him to take a plea. Public defender didn't even read his paperwork and had a sweet plea deal for him. And and I, I was really sick to my stomach by the time I left this courthouse. It was all misdemeanors, you know, and they got one public defender in there sitting right next to the prosecutor. I mean, good buddies, you know, and, and the judge. And they literally pinned him down in a room alone wouldn't let him they made him be the last one in the the last court date before this because i was with them and i told him to go ahead and ask for a fast and speedy trial and they told him oh you don't want to do that you know we'll ask for a quick one it's the same thing and so he tells them well what is if it's the same thing why can't we have the fast and speedy 
you know, and his uh, attorney starts yelling at him. And so finally he gets the fast and speedy that goes through and his public defender tells him, tells him that he's not paying him for this. He shouldn't have to file all these motions and you know, he's not a, he's not paying his private attorney. And I wish it could have been recorded. I, I just wish I could have got that recorded, but I'm watching these people in this misdemeanor courtroom sign away their rights. Like they got a little guy that walks around like a little Nazi with a pink piece of paper you know, and they, and the judge says that, you know, you're intelligently and, you know, all this waving your rights. And they're like, yes. And I'm watching the other people come in for the violations of these rights that they just signed away. And what started off is with something that could have been, you know, a simple fine instead of what they're putting these people through. What I mean is going to end up in incarceration for misdemeanor offenses. And I, I'm, just in awe at how many people don't know what they're really waiving when they waive their rights. Well, you know, most people don't know. Most people don't know much about the legal system at all. Um, but next week we're actually going to be talking about plea deals, and we're going to be talking with some people that have taken them, and um, we're going to get into a little bit. As always, uh, education and knowledge is our strength, and ignorance is our weakness, and they – take advantage of our ignorance everywhere they can, and, and they use everything. When they say anything you can, can't say can and will be used against you, it, that's your right. That's part of your Miranda rights. Uh, you have a right to remain silent. You have a right to an attorney. And if you talk, we're going to kick your ass with it. Uh, what they don't tell you is that everything you don't know will also be used against you. That's not laid out in Miranda, but it is absolutely uh, the case, and we watch uh, person after person after person get pressured into plea deals that they didn't quite understand. And uh, we're going to have a couple of people on uh, next week, and we're going to be specifically talking about that. So, Bobby, I uh, welcome you to join us next week. Our time machine is running in fifth gear right yep, now. Yeah, thank you very much. How... All right, Bobby, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Yep, have a great one. Thank you. All right. All right, so we got uh, Cody Donnelly up next, and um, Cody, uh, you called in last week and you wanted to talk about <coughs> uh, people that are in need of pain meds that um, use cannabis or being denied, and um, this show has moved on much faster than I was able to rein in, so I really don't know that I have a whole lot to add to that today. Um, maybe next week we'll have a little bit more time to talk about that. But, Cody, if you have anything beyond that to talk about, I've got a few minutes for you. What's going on today? Well, I did, as of Monday, I really got on the phone hardcore, and I tried to get with a number of attorneys. And I'm close now to where I'm kind of done with that because nobody really wants to hear about it. If they do, they're not picking up the phone. And so I'm going to go to the ACLU tomorrow. I remember back when my daughter got hurt, you know, Amber, when she got hurt when she was 15, the ACLU and, you know, all the initial people, the NAACP, all of them, they were great people with us. And the, I think this is a matter of American Civil Liberties Union people. I think that they can help out because I believe that my liberties are being discriminated against simply because I choose to use marijuana. For God's sake, it's a joint. You know, get over it. It's a joint. It's nothing serious. It's nothing that's going to hurt you or me or anybody. Leave me alone. Nobody, no doctor 
ever test you for alcohol. Excuse me. No doctor ever tests you for alcohol. They don't do that. They give you your medications. They tell you, oh, don't drink with it. But they never take a test the next day to find out whether or not you drank with it. You know? Well, I do know, and I think that's a great idea. Um, I I do encourage you uh, to share all of this. Call in regularly. Let us know what's going on. And what's happening right now is this show is on a live stream, so people are able to watch the rerun of it and listen to it. And we're getting feedback from people about previous callers. People come back with an idea, hey, what about this, what about that? So you're part of a live collective intelligence right now. So as you're moving forward and sharing with us what you're doing, also people are looking for other solutions. I did get a message from a veteran, a friend of yours to Laura Coleman, and I really, really like this girl's wonderful. But she said that she um, has never had a problem with her doctors in Medi-Cal and marijuana, so I don't know. I guess some veterans well, do, some don't, but I, there's, I know there's a lot of us that do have this problem right now, a lot of us. I think that as we're moving forward, um, you know, the the elements of this that are fair and not fair, <clears throat> it's very random. Judge to judge, courtroom to courtroom, your ability to get justice is going to vary, just as doctor to doctor, um, VA to VA, your ability to get medical treatment as a cannabis patient is also going to vary. So, Cody, I welcome you, please, to come back to the show next week and share your exploits, and hopefully we'll come to a place where you find what you're looking for, and not only will you have done that, but you will have shared how you did it, and other people will be able to benefit as well. I pray you're right. And, by the way, that was Laura Coleman, not there, but that was Laura Coleman. Anyway, God bless you, Joseph. I love you guys, and take care. Willow Creek Springs. I'll talk to you next week. Sure will. Thank you so much. All right. We got one call next, and that is the amazing Tom Corby. But before we do that, we have our Solidarity Ribbon Photo Contest winner, and I've got to find the site here, and it'll take me a minute. Let's see how here it is. All right, you have to bear with me. I am flying in a time machine as we're talking right now. So we're going to look and see. Looks like Janice Davis is the winner today, and she got the most votes, and congratulations. So you get a package that has, um, we have a um, survival bracelet that has, the Solidarity Ribbon built into it. We have a Solidarity Ribbon Earth Magnet, and I believe CamCare still has a uh, CBD bath balm uh, package that's going to be included with that. So a nice package, a nice victory. And once again, Janice Davis from our friendly Manitoba chapter. Now, the time machine somehow um, went way past this whole segment, and we were going to talk about the trip to Manitoba um, and Janice and Devin, but we weren't able to get to it. So next week, hopefully, we'll be able to get them aboard, and we'll be able to talk about what happened in Manitoba. And trust me, 
some stuff happened in Manitoba. All right, finally, the last guest here to wrap the show up, the amazing Tom Corby from NorCal. Um, the NorCal chapter has been one of historically one of our most active chapters, and unfortunately in Northern California, where it's been okay for so many years, turns out we have cases right and left, every kind of case you can imagine, and when the going gets tough and somebody gets beat up and locked up, they go to Tom Corby and the Human Solution for help. Tom Corby, welcome to the show. You get to wrap it up today. Hi, thank you, Joe. All those kind of stuff. Need you to bring the phone up closer to you. It sounded kind of muddled. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you, Joe and Mary, Becca, Coffee Party Radio Show, and all those on the front line coming together in prohibition. Uh, and uh, we all are POWs. Uh, I'll cut the case. Uh, I got to expound on every got or win. These letters are so important, folks. Coming with the letters. Uh, good to hear Frank and Ann, pronounced Ann, talking today. This is what we need defendants to do. Coming to share their case. Uh, the injustice is going on inside these courtrooms. Uh, will actually blow you away. Uh, you cannot get any kind of drama like you can on soap operas. These courtrooms where folks, their, their lives are on the line. Frank Cannon with our good friend, Bob Jared, who Joe knows very well, has just, I can expound just an hour right here on this case. I'm going to try to cut to the chase. Uh, on this, this BS GUI charge, <clears throat> we always set precedent in Butte County of continuous them and we're coming, and we're backing these down, these down that are actually working with the DAs, and we're proving it. So Frank Canan actually fortunately ends up with this PD Bay Hey. Who Dan Levine had, who said, shoot him too, and working with inside the DAs. And <clears throat> Dan Levine's coming up. I'll just cut it in real, real quick with Danny. He won another case uh, just this last week, and he has another case coming up uh, this Friday asking for court support. I didn't have time to post the calendar uh, this Friday at 3 30. Uh, PM as to Chico because this is a civil admin uh, case uh, and uh, asked so if you could come at 1775 Conquer Street so at 3.30 PM this Friday uh, uh, <clears throat> and uh, for Dan Levine uh, he first came for us actually in our case uh, so we, we're finding out about the in here, there actually uh, there's about five of them uh, working with the with the DAs, uh, and uh, and that's why what they're doing is they're pushing you for these deals. And there, like Frank said, he actually got mailed, uh, got mad and yelled at Frank. And this is what happened <clears throat> with Eric Pierce. I've mentioned it before about this P.T. Marshall that yelled at yelled at Pierce. So. 
just what we do. And then, uh, by the way, uh, I want to thank uh, John DeBron, uh for coming right, uh, joining the Human Institution. And uh, we need more like John. Uh, Frank, great to join the Human Institution uh, soon as we can uh, uh, get some time. And that's what we do. Uh, I know we're over time. Uh, so here's the, here's a positive thing. So listen to this, Joe. Uh, I don't know how much time I have, but so I I go for court support <clears throat> this past uh, the Monday. Think about it. They're bringing uh, Frank Cannon in on a DUI case. Think about all all DUI cases are in courtroom one in Butte County. And criminal cases are generally in courtroom two, and then the trials are in six, three, six. So they keep scheduling uh, Frank on a Monday. And I like it because what did I do when I went down those halls when all these juries are being, jurors are there for jury selection? I went down to the hallway. What did I say? And I know I look at them. I said, no victim, no crime. Actually nullify. Uh, and I go all the way down through there, and I go all the way down to the. I go down to the courtroom room. Check this out, Joe. This is what we represent. So he's actually Bob had told me they're in courtroom six, but I, a lot of times I go down two, and I thought it was the one because it was DUI. I like to check in and out anyway to let him see me that I'm there with my white pad. And I came in and sat down. Jury's jury trial going on. I guess. Who's there is Stefana Firmino. Uh, what can I say? Stefana just won, had Alice uh, Lyons' case dismissed. He's one of our good attorneys that does come. Uh, so I, I came in and sat down. Everything stopped. And the judge, and they were saying, and I couldn't hear, right? So I asked people, right? No, so I can get, get some update. It turns out, Checking out, make sure that I wasn't a witness or something in the courtroom. So, talking to. She was talking to the jurors and she turns around and she sees me and and she went, Wow! She gives me a thumbs up. I had Frank call her. She's one that caught right back to Frank taking his case on for uh, uh, fair expense. And so we got Frank, we got Stefana Firmino. Uh, we want to thank her for coming strong. <clears throat> I want to I wanna, uh, jump right into to, uh, when we uh, first saw us and have her. And we think we were going to make and one of the first things we do, our mindset is, is advocation and discovery. Our friend, I've, I've talked, told Joe before, and we're going to get you up here for harvest, Joe, in the middle of November. We're already working on with John DeBlanc. And Toby Williams came. What did he have? He had a big white pad. He had big words, discovery. This is so important, new to make sure they get their discovery, which the police report, by the way, is your first discovery. Uh, Dan Levine will tell you how can you win your case if you don't know exactly what's 
that's the first thing. And so, uh, Kobe came that morning after we got out of the sport, my wife and I, and I didn't think we were going to make it. And had he not come with that white pad and discovery and advocated and helped me, I don't think we'd have made it. Some don't. So, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, we are, so, so what, the first motion we make always courses a nine, nine, four, five motion this, this, always a motion to quash and traverse to warn a probable cause. And that's what we're doing. Hey, Tom, your, your call is really breaking up. I want to let you say everything you need to, but. It's coming through really broken up. I don't know if you got a better place you can sit or a way that you can sit, but it's really, really hard to hear what you're saying. And I got away from the phone again. I'm back. How's that? Is that better? A little better, yeah. All right, Joe, listen, I, I, I want to say thanks, Frank Canan and Bob Jared, John DeVolong, Alex Lyon. And we're going to go for Dan Levine Friday, and uh, I'll send some updates out. And thank all those that today on the front lines coming together and put their risk aside. We need to end prohibition. Uh, it's time. All right. Thank you, Joe. And uh, I'm ready to hear Willie. And uh, been it that without you, Joe. Thank you again. All right. And don't forget to. We'll, we'll, we'll be up there sooner than later. I want to thank everybody that joined us to make the show. Amazing, and as Tom Corby would say, historical. Uh, remember, everybody that is standing with us today and helping to be part of this coalition to end prohibition is making history. All it takes is a little action. I have people every single day tell me, oh, I don't know, I'm stepping away from activism. But you don't step away from your pot, do you? You don't step away from your joint. You don't step away from your plant. You don't step away from the things you want to do. So just remember, those of us that are stepping forward, you guys are the A-team. We're the A-team. We're going to do this. We're getting it done. And I applaud every single person that steps into the fire rather than away. Thank you very much, and we'll see you. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. You were always on my mind.